I'm Rain, and welcome to Launch Left Podcast, a space for fame creatives to launch the next wave of music rebels, an intentional space to highlight and empower all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Portugal the Man is on the show today, a very popular band with very cool music and very cool causes. They are a band that uses their light, their power, their activism um, through art to rally their audience and make changes in the world. And so I'm really excited to talk to them. Let's talk to them. Next time you see me, I'll be with them. Okay, bye. Oh, don't forget to rate and subscribe and follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Have a good day. Zach. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So it's nice. Uh, nice to stay home for a little while. Yeah, I bet you're being really creative. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you have some pro tools. It's, it's pretty nice to have that kind of that space at the moment. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm so glad that you could come on the show. Um, oh, of course, of course. Thanks for having me. I've been checking you guys out, and something that really impresses me, you know, of course, your music is awesome, but is your uh, is your action in the world and your your wish to use your voice to amplify messages that don't always get told um, in, Thank you. Uh, in culture and specifically with race and native Native Americans and the work you're doing. I'm just really moved by it. And so I just wanted to hear a little bit. So what part of the world are you in? Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm at home in my attic and it's, it's been kind of weird. Yeah, I haven't spent this much time at home since I was a teenager. It's very strange. It's, it's like, it's been, it's been kind of nice to slow down. You know, clearly there's a lot of stuff to worry about, a lot of stuff we're concerned with, a lot of stuff we're fighting for. I've always had kind of a positive outlook and uh, I've been a fairly optimistic fellow my entire life. And so I am taking advantage of the things that, you know, we don't normally get, which is just being present uh, with family and friends and reaching out and I think a lot of like the intention is is pretty pretty special where are you at I'm in Los Angeles so we're both west coast nice, yeah. nice. yeah I'm I agree completely it's nice to have um just the downtime I heard it called somebody called it something like the great pause which I thought exactly, was an yeah. interesting way to 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 say it I mean I'm 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 woefully aware of um those with with far less that are in extreme situations and that is pretty that that causes me some you know a lot I've been thinking a lot about that no, you know, I better awesome. use it wisely and I better use it to amplify things that are going on because otherwise all I'm doing is kind of being a lazy white person exactly yeah totally and that is like a call to action for some people in some I mean, sometimes you need to recognize that, but I think, you know, acknowledgement is always the kind of first step with any sort of change. And so it is a big deal to recognize your, your privilege. And um, I mean, yeah, being, being stuck inside and, you know, being worried about finances and stuff. I mean, I'm a musician from a small town in Alaska. Like I've, I've lived my whole life like that for sure. I, 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 I understand that kind of thing. And this is gotta be, this is so hard. I'm very lucky to be in a situation where I'm at, uh, to, to not, to be able to, 
focus on the good parts of it. And, but yeah, you know, when you think about that, you recognize your privilege and it's what you do with it. It's making, making a choice what to do with that privilege. You can either feel good about it, feel bad about it, or you can weaponize it and use it for, for good. And so, you know, donate when you can. And th there's always something that, there's always something that you can do. And well, that kind of thought can also drive, yeah, that, that kind of thought can also drive you crazy too when you're going to bed at night. And, you know, Why not to think about it right when you're going to bed at night? Maybe that's, maybe, every time. <laughs> yeah, maybe not know. right before bed, but I think right when you wake up and maybe the rest of the day as much as you yeah. can. <laughs> totally. It's like, I'm, I've always been a, some kind of insomniac for a long time. And the first part of this, uh, at the beginning of the, uh, the, the quarantine and the pandemic, I was like, boy, I just kept, I caught up on a lot of sleep. And, um, and then, yeah, lately it's like coming back where I just like, I'm still, you know, worrying about things to do and just things that I could have done. And, you know, always, always wanted to do something better or, yeah, but I mean, and whether you do it or whether you don't, like, and thinking about it is is at least good and just, you know, do something. But you don't got to, don't drive yourself crazy and, you know, be realistic with goals. Yeah, try to make, try to make things better, like, where you live every day and then somewhere else that doesn't really have anything to do with you. Just uh, random acts of uh, kindness or acknowledgement or just a, a little bit, a little bit really goes a long way. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, awareness is the first step and then creating actionable things or be, or just doing actionable things, you know, that are already happening, just helping contributing. But, um, yeah, it's amazing to think, I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm even trying to say. And that's why I end up jogging around a bunch, but um, maybe I'll get to it in a minute, but it was something to the extent of like thinking about ignorance is like just a lack of knowing, a lack of awareness you know, a lot of the time. And that, um, you know, whether you make an effort to learn something new or, or decide to change, or not sometimes is is based on being influenced by others, right? And how they, um, people you're fond of or people that you think are cool when you hear them say, hey, this is something that really bothers me, you know, uh, join my train and we can change it or whatever. And I think that's why I'm always uh, get very excited to talk to artists that are willing to step out on a limb, especially in a culture where in music specifically, it's not like cool to talk about your causes as much, unless, you know, charity's fine, but like to be actually vocal politically is kind of seen as like, shut up and sing, right? That's a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of the feedback usually when it's like, you're not a politician or you're not an activist, you're a musician, you know, just make us happy. Like we don't want to think about negative things. But what's interesting is I think when artists do that and, and Portugal the man is an artist that I think is doing that in a really positive way, your fans and the people that do look to you all and go like, wonder what they're thinking today. And you're like, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> you're creating these action points that people can interface with and immediately actually have an effect, you know, like 
make a difference. And that uh, is not an easy platform to be on for you all in many ways, but it's also like, seems to me, and, and it seems like you guys seem really comfortable doing it, which I love. Like, you're not, you're like, fuck it, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Sometimes it depends. The, fir the first few times are hard. The first steps of action. Um, I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but I'll, I'll like let you in on, on like kind of the process and where it took us. But I, I fully yeah, agree with I'd that. I'd love it's, please um, share. <laughs> well, in general, I am a big fan of, of what you said at the, at the beginning. And I fully feel the same way is that ignorance is, it's just, it is the lack of knowing. And of course you don't know until you know. And you can't blame people for not knowing and, you know, but once you know, then you have a choice of what to do with it. I remember the first time, you know, I grew up in Alaska, like uh, specifically with the, you know, a lot of the Native American causes that we work with and our foundation and like, we work a ton every, every day doing, doing something for this. And like, it's, it's really in us and brought a whole new life to our music, to our art, to everything, to just ourselves in every way and but i mean we grew up in alaska we were always very close with uh and native american like indigenous peoples all over the world everywhere we go but it's um you know you don't know that something's wrong until you find out it's wrong and that's why you have to that's why we're not big fans of censorship or anything you have to know everything that's in the world because otherwise you don't know it's wrong and you have to see both sides of the coin and you know, you have to know there's a problem. And that's what I didn't like is the fact that I grew up in a very unique perspective in a small town in Alaska where um, the native Alaskan culture is super strong and, you know, the people are there. And, and we knew that the whole time. We're like, all right, you know, somebody discovered Alaska, you know, Captain Cook discovered it. And we're like, well, yeah, but there are already people here. Like, didn't really discover shit he just kind of you know settled it but then it was just like and it's not so much of a blip in the history books being from alaska i mean it was a blip in the history books but we still had it in life and it was and you see it everywhere you see the names of rivers and the names of towns and states and things but seeing the people is it's harder now and we didn't realize that until we started for a long time and but I remember we grew up from a place like our high school mascot was, you know, the classic Indian head in a headdress and we were the Wasilla Warriors. And we always kind of thought it was like, man, eh, it's not totally cool. That's not really a thing. And we'd play shows like Coachella and we'd see people wearing headdresses and face paint. And we're like, eh, it's not really about, but didn't totally pay much attention until we found out and we heard somebody speak say, Hey, it's actually pretty, offensive to me and my culture that's actually you know a headdress is a great sign of respect you don't just kind of throw a hand it's like the crown for us you know and and there's there's different ways to look at that but i but you may not realize that until you know and then after you know are you gonna put that on again then you're making a choice to be um just not kind and not respectful and before then, you can't totally blame him if you don't know. But once you know, and that's why people should just be honest. And you should be able to be okay with your own ignorance. And because nobody knows anything, you know. Christ, all this stuff, you know, grew up in the 90s, you know, things were, <laughs> things were way different. Before then, they were even worse. And I like to think that we're getting more, we're sharing more 
and you know all, all it it's all about just listening to each other and not being disrespectful yeah and uh, i think there's a yeah we can make i wore i wore a headdress in a photo shoot once like a really like one from a party store like it wasn't like some actual but uh and i think like my i always thought i had cherokee my dad was like you you know we have some cherokee so so probably in my mind i was like well you know it's like there's some part of me that has a little you know as when i saw the photo i was like is that right like that i did that and then i was like well i have a little and then i came to find out like somebody in my family did the like genealogy thing and there was like no Cherokee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like my dad and just like I was like, did he make that up or did he just think that there is, you know? Um and so and I really obviously regret that. But I had like at the time, I it was like you said, there was just an ignorant like you know, it was like some it was like from a party store and I put it on in a photo and I didn't think twice about it because it wasn't even like it didn't register and then it but it felt weird when I saw it again maybe when it came out I was like ah that was the first time maybe I was like is that right yeah, so it's, yeah, totally. it's incremental thing and like since then you know and I the photographer was so sweet and nice guy and you know so I have nothing against him it wasn't his choice you know but since then I was like god how do I get rid of this I wish I could take those photos down like that's so just I'm just playing off what you said about ignorance and what we were talking about in general I mean I think there's an innocence to it but once you know you really sure. ought to do whatever you can to not oh. continue that that line of, of ignorance, you know? And, yeah. I, and I really like what you guys, I saw something about, uh, you talk about, you know, your work is bipartisan because, you know, we're all in this together and we're all learning yeah. together. And I think that there's something super important that's something I really believe in is like how, you know, and, I, and it's extra hard when there's like really so much duality in the parties, you know, where like, Obviously, I find this very difficult to talk about is like unifying when, you know, one side is saying basically, you know, what right now anyway, that white supremacy is is what they're looking to. <laughs> and the yeah. other is like, we care about all people and we really want to make sure everyone's safe. Like, obviously, I'm going to take a side on that. For sure. Yeah. It's not going to be on the side of white supremacy. But, uh, but that said, you know, I know that there's a lot of red Republican people that are not white supremacists and that they care about race relations and that do want to eradicate racism and that you don't want to alienate them. So I love that that's what you guys are talking about. Things get so divisive that nothing gets done and you're just fighting the other side. And, and man, and that, and that's why I like, that's one reason I've just never fucked with politics in my entire life. Like I, I just have always disliked it until recently where I kind of, you have to be something, but I've always just wanted to stay out of it. Cause one, I just don't believe politicians, not a one, never have, never will, but that's how shit gets done. And as you get older, I think you kind of realize that. And, um, and everything, I mean, there's, there's politics in every kind of business and every kind of family and everything. And it's, uh, it's more of an ideal that, an actual like politician game i think but 
that's why as a musician and as an artist is I do like to focus on the common ground on the things that do connect us. And that's where you find a lot of truth. That's why I like music. I say it all the time. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, people like Republicans, Democrats, or, you know, um, you know, Blazer fans, Laker fans, like if, if when there, when there's people of opposing sides, I do like to look for the things that we just commonly agree on because I do feel that most people are good people and so that's what's fun that's one thing i love about art because the connection and the fact that there can be you know two two uncles arguing at a table over politics but then a beatles song comes on and everybody just starts like kind of yeah. you know feeling it out like all right so there's a thing we can both get together on yeah and that's something that i really like about you know the causes that we work for is is that we try to we try to not bring politics into it all is just human. For a long time, I would overthink things too much and try to see both sides of the story. And it would paralyze me into a place of like not taking any action. Right. And then I would stay up at night because I realized that no action is also an action. Like there's only energy. And so I've learned that I feel better in my stomach and my heart and my brain when I see something fucked up. I say something or do something about it. And if somebody disagrees with me and they're like, well, I think that's fucked up that you said something fucked up. Like, well, then we'll, we can fight about half terms. But if we really talk things out, you know, a lot of people are more similar than you think. It's more time and it requires a humility, I think, of, of, of yourself, you know, within yourself to be skillful and to find a way to um, share how you feel about something without basically the counterpoint being you're an idiot, you know, to yeah. the other person. You can't try yeah. to share your opinion and demonize someone else and hope that there'll be some re resolution to, to what, in terms of the fact that I need to, you know, be more yeah. humble and be more skillful about how I communicate. Um, yeah. And that's, and so that's what I wanted to say is that that's what I've realized is like, I can't um, change someone through blame. Uh, and it's, it would make me feel bad if they tried to do that to me. So how would I want to be treated if someone mm -hmm. had an issue with the way I was behaving? Do you know, mm -hmm. how would I want, and, and, and sometimes that's the best way through for me is to look at it from like, well, how would I feel if someone came at me like that or, yeah. you know, um, but I do think that's a big part of what could potentially create more harmony and more unity, not only in our personal relationships and in our communities, local communities, but in, you know, in a global sense and in our political sphere as well. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult, right? It's really, I think for a lot of people, the knee jerk response, it is cultural to have strong opinions and share them while basically very, very, I think rather transparently saying you're an idiot. <laughs> exactly. And I want to take that stuff out of activism because that's what, that's my whole thing is that there's, there's a lot of pretension with it. Yes. First off, I'm a dipshit. And yeah. you know, you do not have to be smart to make a difference. You do not have to be super brave to make a difference. You don't need to have money or power, or any of that shit. It's like, and, and I, I thought for a long time that you did. And like, it's okay to be vulnerable and to know your own weaknesses and your own strengths. And that's one thing that I think is, is terrible. There's always a lot of pretension. It's, well, I know this and you don't know this. It's like, 
that doesn't matter. That's besides the point. And, and like, you know, like you were talking about, sorry, I'm, I'm going off on tangents now too, but um, it's, uh, um, there's something about the argument. And when you, when you really think about the big picture and if you are really trying to make the world better, like I, I don't like to argue with people. I really hate to argue. Just I'm an old dog. I like, you know, I like looking at new tricks and stuff, but I can't necessarily learn them too easily. Like I'm, I'm fairly stuck in my ways. I know a lot of people are too. So I just don't have the energy a lot. You can still change, like keep in, in your house, like take care of, uh, you know, check out your own backyard before you check out somebody else's, your kids and the things that, that I teach them. And, or, you know, that's the youth is the way forward with that. Instead of just trying to argue with somebody that's lived their whole life feeling different than you, you know, like yeah. we got to start looking at what, what the kids are doing and yeah. that stuff. I mean, already kids these days know so much more than we knew growing up just with technology and the, the sharing of information. I think that, you know, um, and to see the way that, you know, kids are organizing and doing things for themselves, the March for your lives, uh, Greta doing work for the environment. Like, I think they are, I think kids are seeing that and they're realizing their power. And even if they don't, you know, they are the future. And I think that that's how, that's how you learn. That's why I think, you know, textbooks and parents talking to kids and just everybody being honest about things can, can really change things much, much more naturally. Cause instead of being told you're an idiot or that you argue, I personally like, I like to learn with just information around me. And sometimes I'll just see somebody wearing a t-shirt that makes me ask myself a question or I'll see a painting or a billboard. Um, there was this fantastic, uh, billboard operation. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but, uh, but I'll, I'll get it to you so you can post about it if you want to, but it's, uh, it's just, um, it was all very, um, it's all about racial equity, but it like, it, it brought up like super uneasy questions, like d directed a lot at like white people that like it made people furious and it was a whole thing. And I supported the hell out of them because even though it was like a, a lot of really uncomfortable stuff, it was so necessary and I would drive by something and it would just make me think for weeks. And then I would dig in, I would read, I would learn more. I reached out and donated and it like, and they didn't, you know, they're not arguing with me in, in my face or telling me I'm stupid. They would just ask a question. And when you just glance at it, you're like, Oh fuck, that's fucked up. But when you feel something uncomfortable, look at yourself and be like, Oh man, am I doing every, something's not right with the frequencies in my body. And turns out there wasn't or I didn't know something like there might be something out there that I don't know that I can make better and don't be scared of like being uncomfortable but I like that it's a very it's an easy way to do things that's why I like art again that doesn't people are always saying about art and songs and things they're always uh like what what does this piece say what does this book say or this painting saying I like things that don't really make a statement that ask a question and make you ask yourself a question and that's, I think, just way more natural. We want generally, like, we don't want to isolate anymore. Like, we want to make the table bigger, not the walls taller, you know? It's like, I want, and I want to hear opposing arguments. And because I, I want to think about what I'm doing. If I'm doing something that is wrong, I want to stop. I have, I've done a bunch of things that are wrong and I stop most of them. <laughs> and uh, not all, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it's the only way you kind of learn. That's, that's yeah. really interesting. I like that. But yeah, it's a, 
makes you less, less defensive and people are a little more open to, uh, to those concepts. And there's, there's something about questions and art and music that, you know, lower your inhibitions. Of, I think a lot of people, when they talk about inhibitions, they always think about like actions, like, you know, oh, have a couple of drinks, you know, take my shirt off on the dance floor. It's not really about that too. It, like, it also opens up your mind to let more things in that wouldn't uh, necessarily quite get through the, the mesh filter on your, on your eyes and your ears and your brain kind of just uh, opens up a little bit. And so you can hear things a little more clearly, or I don't, I don't know clearly, but some things that, that you might ignore because of just, I mean, a million reasons from your past can get through. And that's, I think, a good way forward. Yeah, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're talking about is like we all have our own lens and filter that we see the world through that's, you know, been, that's, that's basically more like uh, dirt on our lens, right? Our lens is technically yeah, for sure. yeah. Our truest lens is clear. And I think sometimes when, you, when things touch your heart and you know them to be true and you've done, and then you learn about them and you, you know, it's like it wipes, it, it's like cleaning the lens of like yeah, your totally. past bullshit off. And yeah, you're totally. like, oh man, I wasn't yeah. seeing totally clearly, you know, not, not that it's total clear. I think the only people who probably see totally clearly are those, you know, people who really are constantly in that state of self-reflection and working yeah. on it, you know. But I think something you said earlier, which which is partially related to this, is just taking uh, self-responsibility. Uh, taking responsibility, you know, is is pretty much the, the number one thing that we can do to start to change our lens is to, yeah. when you, like you said something like when you get a, a sort of a, icky feeling look at yourself yeah. first right don't just yeah. assume this person challenged me and they're a jerk it's like yeah. if i have an issue with it I, it might be something i'm afraid to look at right yeah. so, if i'm defensive it might be for a reason right and it may be not but i think i think that's a sign i think you're smarter than you know i think everybody is i think that your body and your brain um and just your soul and like your being is far more powerful than you think it is and when something's wrong it tells you and yeah. i think a lot of stress and anxiety knots in your stomach um you know a frog in your throat kind of thing like those are all reasons like something's telling yourself that something isn't quite right and to uh something's not aligning the uh, the head and the heart or or yeah. whatever it is, the, the two things in you are not totally aligning. And sometimes you need to listen to that. And I've gone years with you know, like crazy anxiety and stuff. And I started making some changes. I realized that some things weren't fitting my life very well. And even though I thought they were good things or like they might be, you know, looked at by society as like good things, I'm like, oh God, maybe I'm working too much or maybe I'm spending too, like not enough time at home, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to be lazy and I want, I've always had like a good work ethic, but really no one should tell you what like the balance that you got to make for yourself is right? and, and listen to yourself, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you have less anxiety since you kind of took a look at it and made adjustments? Yeah. You did? Well, I've, made, awesome. I've, made, yeah, I've made some big changes. I mean, I'm still like in a huge process because I, for years, my entire life pretty much, like I never asked myself questions. Like this podcast would be completely different even four months ago. Wow. Uh, but it started, it started with that. And like, 
learning to ask myself questions that I wouldn't before. And, you know, I, with, with therapy and, you know, tons of other things that I've tried, um, getting curious about yourself is, is interesting and terrifying. Like I've, my whole concept of reality has crumbled been built back crumbled again lately and uh i'm doing good now and or i'm I'm better i think but it it is like i realized i just wasn't fully listening to myself i still have a lot of problems with it i'm like nowhere near good but i'm trying and i'm not ignoring things anymore and you know and it's easy with a lot of distractions and you know in the business that i'm in you know a lot of uh constant nomadic living like never just for one i still do all the same things that i did as a fucking teenager i play music with my friends i like to skateboard and i get to you know argue with people because i don't the responsibility for an artist is kind of fun because i can change my mind every day i'm not a politician and i can say something and in one interview and somebody can question us be like oh fuck it i was lying because it doesn't matter and or change my mind one day and you know people can change their mind and i do constantly you ask me my favorite song today you ask it right now it'll be completely different in an hour it's like because what does that matter that's only for me and and i think that's i think that's okay but yeah i'm starting to listen to myself starting to get a little bit of clarity uh but sometimes you do get uh, you do get clouded yeah well it's funny you mentioned it's not funny but it's a nice segue that you mentioned uh songs you like or not i'm i always like to ask the question how music found you originally oh yeah i like that um nirvana was the the one that's not how i first found music i was very yeah, into how did music first find you and then you can lead up to nirvana all right yeah yeah, about, like, yeah there's a couple different levels yeah your earliest memories of like whoa this is tough. yeah i always loved music um even being from a from a small town in Alaska both my parents had like a really good record collection and same with like with John our uh, um, our singer and, and you know, my business partner and brother and everything best friend and all that stuff so his parents had a really good music collection too and that and we feel very lucky for that because in Alaska you got you got a lot of really interesting things but a lack of a lot of things that you know a lot of people have that come to find out but so I was always into music the first song I remember hearing is either Mr. Soul by Buffalo Springfield or Puff the Magic Dragon, Puff the Magic Dragon, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I can't remember which is both kind of the same day, but I remember I used to just love music. Uh, I used to sift through vinyl collections. I would read the liners. I would look at the clothes and like, Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin, like just looking so awesome. And uh, I just, I love music. My dad liked classic rock. My mom liked, uh, all that kind of like, like that, yeah, kind of Laurel Canyon, Joan Baez kind of stuff. And then a lot of like, they both agreed on like 80s were, were big in, in the house, a lot of like 80s pop and shit. And, and so I always loved music and I started playing, you know, the recorder and then I started playing saxophone in third or fourth grade, played all the way through high school. Um, but then uh, I always listened to, and I would play, you know, jazz and classical in school, but I always kind of listened to rock and roll. Um, but I never, and we had a guitar, we had an old acoustic in my house. It was my dad's from the seventies and I'd pick it up every now and then, but I never like, never really knew anything. Cause I was always listening to Hendrix 
or Floyd or Zeppelin. And they were just so good. I never thought I could get there. And so that's how I got into music. But then I heard Nirvana. And then like one summer, I kind of found like Rage Against the Machine, the Beastie Boys, and Nirvana all in one summer. And it was a hell of a summer for me. So my older cousins, they kind of showed me Rage and the Beastie Boys. And then I found Nirvana on my own. And that was the first thing that was, I felt like was mine. And I just loved it. And it, and what it was, was that it inspired me. Cause it was, it was so fresh and so amazing. And the lyrics were so vague that it made, it let me paint my own picture yeah. on what they meant. And it felt like I was a part of it. And it was simple enough to where I was like, I feel like I could play that guitar solo. And it rocked. It was awesome. And I did. I learned like, learned tons of Nirvana songs. And then after that, you know, you start thinking like, well, could it, this guy did that. I'm like, could I just write a song? So I started writing shitty songs in high school. And uh, um, yeah, it was super fun. But yeah, it's the first time I like the Wizard of Oz, like see the world in color moment. Totally Nirvana. And then Rage and Beastie Boys all at the same time, pretty much. But we talked about like, one of the other questions I was asked is what's your form of activism? But I guess we didn't talk specifically about your organization, because you have a foundation, oh, yeah. right? I'd love yeah. for you to share a little bit about the foundation and what you all uh, do with it. Yeah, totally. So we have a foundation called the PTM Foundation. It's pretty new, we're kind of working out the kinks and we've been um, a little under the radar we were supposed to do a bunch of big public, you know, kind of things to push out there. We've had some soft openings, but a lot of it, you know, due to the pandemic has been a little thwarted our first, you know, uh, big public fundraisers and stuff like that. But we've still been doing a ton of work. We keep very, very busy with it. Um, but yeah, it's called the PTM Foundation. Um, we're just focused on like community resilience and uplifting uh, the voices, traditions and um, communities of indigenous peoples around the world. We basically decided to start a foundation where 100% of, there's like zero overhead, 100% of every dollar raised goes to that. Like the people that work for our foundation, they get paid, get like, that's our donation to it. It's like they get paid from our band, we pay them from that. And then everything that gets made to the foundation goes straight to like the communities that are, that are supported. Yeah. And this is what felt right to us. And it's just that you're putting, you know, focus on a cause and you're, and you're enlisting your followers and your fans to notice things they maybe never noticed. That's where the merit is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, our, our culture is built on money and, and profit right. and, and therefore even that translates to charitable things. But, it, but really, like, I always think, like, ultimately, it's, it's kind of like, where, what, where's the heart space of things? And, and where's the, you know, it's about good heart. It's about noticing that there's injustice in the world and, yeah. opening, and trying to be a cause of opening other people's eyes. Once you're not ignorant, right? Like we were talking before. Yeah, totally. Once you've seen something and you can't unsee it, then it's, you know, it's really, I think, noble to use that to open other, like, try to help other people see it, right? And that's, yeah, like, totally. it sounds really cool about... One of the problems that, like, we're getting is, yeah, we're, yeah. we are a new foundation. And yeah. so if, you know, let's say that we want to make a, a video about something. And so, yeah, we'll get into these fights. And right. because we do have to pay some people. So we're just paying, you know, like, ourselves is from the band. That's working for right. now. But, like, you know, we can only do that 
we got to figure out something because yeah that is true because a lot of inequalities like you don't want to use people and you got to do things you know fair pay for fair work we're gonna like put out a video and it's about a specific indigenous tribe we want to get like oh there's this rad guy like from that tribe that wants to do this video it's like all right well we're gonna pay him to do it because we want to pay the people that do the work there's plenty of wealth out there and there's plenty of important things we can be giving to and i think often nonprofits and people that are are highlighting stories to help raise awareness about ignorance we all have should be um compensated and they should pay people to do that because there's plenty other stuff we pay people for bad propaganda let's start paying people for good propaganda like let's let's use yeah use money and use the thing and twist that shit around man exactly yeah i I love help i want to use the things that that we have to just help i mean just the general thing of like you only need so much and just do the right thing. And I, but you do got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your own head. It's, you know, it's like oxygen mask on a plane, you know, that is true. If you're not breathing to put one on yourself, how are you going to put one on to the kid next to you? You know, you do got to take care of your own mind and your own body first. I'm, I'm not super good at that at all. I'm very new to like, like taking care of myself and, anyway and uh i'm very very new to it but working on it but no that's uh that is super important and i think i have some people i'm going to introduce you to specifically mike de la rocha at um revolve impact and the work that he does because i think connecting portugal and him um you can i'll send you a, a text or i'll send your rep an email to check out their site. But I think that they there could be a cool partnership there because he's connected to um, the, the, the real activist side of basically he brings artists and, and sports people to causes and helps awesome. lift them off, you know, and so specifically yeah. around um, uh, race issues. So, awesome. so it's like, you know, you guys would probably be, and he could probably have a lot of, um, insights into how you might be able to fund some of the you know things that you need to you know content or whatever that's what he does he's a content generator they create content revolving yeah. and that part's for profit but they have schools not prisons which is their non-profit so like it might be a good partner for you guys like it might help alleviate some of your own like geez we're there's so many things to try and yeah. you, know, you know just be able to because that's a lot of it is like we just need to share our resources you know exactly and I think in terms of, you know, artists, activists, we need to share our resources and like, and connect dots and connect each other to other organizations that are doing the same work. Because at the end of the day, like we're all fighting for the same thing, which is to awaken and yeah. to be a cause of benefit to, to everyone and to all yeah. beings, ideally, you know, like we're all in this together and we're all learning every day. And I just appreciate all the work that you have done to, um, to, awaken you know because that's really like we were talking about i think ultimately this whole conversation if i were to distill it to one thing it's like overcoming ignorance learning you know like making an effort making an effort to change the course of history in in, whether it's in a micro level or a macro level and yeah exactly and, and appreciating other artists for 
for doing that. And I just appreciate you and Portugal, the man. And I look forward to meeting you and John in person and like yeah. have an opportunity to like bro down about these things or system. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. That sounds, that sounds amazing. And let's do that. We're in, we used to be in LA all the time. Last couple months haven't as much, but I mean, I'm sure we'll be back. And, and yeah, that's what I like about this because it all can be just a, a learning experience and nobody is, is, has to be, there's just so much difference. And, and like, we got to lose the ego about the teacher and the student. And it's like one thing that we like to do, one thing that we do is like the, the land acknowledgements on stage before our show anywhere. We like, to, we like to invite out uh, local people of the area, the tribes of the area that have been there, you know, forever or been displaced there, but it's just basic manners. And we're just asking permission to, to play their, play their land. And we just kind of pass the mic and you know, say whatever you want. We got a lot of people here. And you know, we don't know about the place that, that we're at necessarily. And so we get to learn at the same time as the crowd about the place that, that we're on. And it's like, I like that shared. So good. Shared, so it's not like students don't teach teachers, you know? It's, right. uh, it's, it's we all learn from each other and everything, everything works with and against everything else. And just finding a rhythm that, yeah. uh, that can work. Good. Yeah, I know. If you, uh, some, I don't know if you noticed Fiona Apple did that with her new record where she yeah. acknowledged each, each, you know, wherever she recorded it and what American Indian land it was. And yeah. love totally. that. Yeah, we, uh, we just, I just heard about that kind of recently. I think we're reaching out now because um, that's, that's a huge deal for us. And, and I think that's, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, like you said, like building, you know, a network of, of people that all, and kind of help out and we work together man so much more can get done and mm -hmm. that's, i have to ask one question of you speaking of learning is it is it native american or american indian or both uh native native american native. yeah or but i mean honestly it's like one of those things where if you dive into anything it's like um because right. yeah, indian necessarily like refers to india but a lot of like a lot of native american tribes they do refer to um, themselves and like yeah, it's like it's like Indian country. There is a lot of that. I prefer Native American, but then also think about that. They're older than the concept of America, and so yeah, but uh, but also, but then there's also the thing too is like you know, being too proper can take away. I'm not sure, but basically, I like you know asking anybody when I meet them. It's like so I'm learned. I'm new to the new like like a lot of like the pronouns that are right. that are going around how people refer to be or prefer right. to be you know identified as. Yeah. And that's so cool and interesting. And like I just never would have thought about that growing right. up. And that's right. so interesting. And um, yeah, people need to say the truth. And if you say something wrong, and I don't know, it's not and it's not necessarily for me to say what's wrong or what's um, right. offensive and stuff. But no, I think it's like. Uh, it, yeah, every everybody's different than that, but uh, I, I think Native Americans are okay, Indigenous people, and um, and then a lot of uh, and then just learning about kind of specific tribes of where you live, I think, is kind of important. But and, yeah. and that's uh, that's that's good to know. I mean, I think my hope is that you know, with humility, there is uh, you know, there's some leniency when you mess up and that people oh, understand, sure. like if you're willing to be like, hey, how should I 
say this and I'm, you know, like, I'm sorry, I don't know the proper way, but how can I represent you, you know, um, publicly? I just think that I hope that that's, that's enough um, to write, you know, maybe having an, a first stab at something incorrectly. Oh, no. I know for sure I said American Indian multiple times in this podcast. So yeah, um, but no, I mean, maybe, I, maybe I should have said indigenous peoples or Native Americans, but it depends on the person. Like you said, it's all subject to change. I think the greatest thing I'll take away from this is we talked about something fucking meaningful this whole time instead mm -hmm. of just bullshit. So no, thank exactly. You. Thank you for your time. No and problem. And, and, and never be scared to ask those questions. Honestly, on our very first land acknowledgement ever, we, we have to talk for about two hours with a, with a guy named Uncle Alan Madden, uh, an Aboriginal um, man from, uh, uh, from the Sydney area in Australia. And he was talking about that. He's like, so, so much gets held back because people are too scared to ask a question like that. And we could go so much faster if like you, you don't be afraid to do that and be like, oh, is, is that okay? And, and uh, yeah, and, and so I yeah. can't totally tell you the answer when you ask something like that. I'm like, I was like, oh, don't, don't say Indian. But I'm like, but a lot of times, like, they, they ask us to say something and they'll, they'll say, like, some tribes officially, like, have Indian in their title. And, you know, I don't know. And, uh, but like, nobody's going to come after you for that. I think, I think it's all okay. And, and you know, we make mistakes. Like, I, you know, we come from a, once again, we were ignorant, you know, headdresses, and I've, I've done that, too. I've, uh, you know, cow people grew up just playing cowboys and Indians and stuff. You don't know it's fucked up until later on in life, and then you make a choice to do something to, to right the wrongs, and so asking those questions, it's all good, and uh, that's what we all need to do. That's what I'm going to do, too. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and um, sharing deeply like you did, and... Uh, tell John hi for me, and I look forward to meeting you guys in person once this COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. Get my number from uh, from Ashley and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, we'll be around. Let's uh, let's be friends. Okay. Yeah, Have a good yeah. time. Say hi to Portland. I love that city. I will do. All right. Peace. So now we're going to ask a question or two of Tenlon's Ford, Mr. Jack Gibson, joining us now. Hey, there you are. Hey. Sorry, my audio wasn't working. Good to no see you. No worries. Good to see you, too. <laughs> it's been a we, long time. I know. Do we call you Tenlon's Ford, or can I call you Jack? You can, whatever you want. Tenlon's Ford, Jackie G, ready to go. Look at you. <laughs> your <fucking> cup. <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, well, we're really happy to have you on the show. I just wanted to ask one question, which is about your single. Why is it called Hey Dan? Oh, uh, awesome experience I got to have um, maybe starting in um, March of 2018 uh, until um, maybe uh, August of 2018. I got to work alongside Daniel Johnson and brother Dick Johnson and got to helped transcribe a lot of his notebooks and uh, hang out with them and got to play music with Dan and um, then took a break uh, and went up to Portland uh, for September of 2018 and the song kind of uh, came out of that break period, me thinking about it. And, uh, wow. It disappeared. So uh, then I went back the next year and did another kind of uh, work session from March to 
to uh, June of 2019 and then recorded that song in Portland in 2019. Up in, uh, with Larry Crane at Jackpot, which was another dream come true. So there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of connectivity back to back to back to back experiences that kind of like went into each other that kind of made it all happen. Well, the record is so beautiful, and, and Launch left his honor to be releasing it. Single just came out Sunday. Hey, Dan, thank you so much for being a part of this digital oh. singles rollout and, and, uh, and sharing your music. It's, it's so good. I just hope that it gets a wider audience, um, you know, associating with Launch Left. Let us pray. <laughs> well, it, it's, already, it's already a hit in my mind. Thanks, Rain. You're the best. Thank no you need for it, Jack, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be listening and we'll be, I'm so excited because we're releasing the record uh, later this year in October. So we'll talk with you again as we get closer to the, re you know, to the record release. But thank you so much for, for putting this single on the single release wow. project. It's a beautiful project all together, all the bands and uh, to celebrate River's 50th um, beyond honest. So thanks for making my day, everybody. All right. Have a good Peace. one. All right, see you, Rainy. Bye. Have you seen the colors of a shining moon? The sun burns bright, but it is over soon. Hey, Dan, hey, Dan, stick to the plan. Hey, Dan, hey, Dan. Have you seen the world spin in harmony? Love one another, maybe it isn't real. Hey Dan, hey Dan, stick to the plan. Hey Dan, hey Dan. space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 